And like back in my moto days, I feel like they tried to separate the guys and girls. Um, and I think, I mean, I wasn't not allowed to race in the boys class, but there was always a girls class. And I was like, well, I guess I can race this class, you know, but I didn't want to go out there and just be like the best of the girls. I wanted to go out there and be the best of everybody. So... Episode 90, Tank Slapping Podcast. Back at it on the other side of the mic, we got Robbie Bobby. What's up, dude? Dude, I'm so excited. I say this every time because all the, the guests are pretty fun, but uh, this is going to be a good one, man. I, I'm, I got so many questions. <laughs> well, we wanted – so our guest today is Nicole Meese, and we wanted her before Jared, but she's so busy doing all of Jared's <laughs> shit. We had to get Jared on first, so <laughs> – now we got Nicole on. Uh, she's the brains behind the operation, man. She does a lot of really cool things. She's obviously a former racer, one of the best female riders to ever do it, man. I mean, she was consistently making GNC main events, finishing in the top 10. Um, great racer, great mom. I want to talk to her about all the race promotions they're doing. They've done Lima, and now they picked up Springfield Mile for this year. And Nicole is a huge part of that promotion side of it, obviously, with Jared Racing. So we're going to get Nicole on and talk with her and get some, a lot of really cool insight on the back end of, of what they do as a family and with this promotions deal as well. Yeah, man, I can't wait. I, I, I'm really super excited about this one. Yeah, so I wanted to give a shout out to everybody who tuned in to the episode 89 with Jared. We had a bunch of new listeners. Uh, it's definitely appreciated. If you guys can... Subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Share it with your friends. Support the sponsors. Uh, leave us a review if you can on iTunes and Facebook. All of that definitely helps us out and keeps the show going. I want to give a quick shout out to these sponsors that make it happen. Without their support, this wouldn't be possible. They keep us going week in and week out. Mission Foods, again, really excited to have Mission Foods on board with our podcast doing a lot to keep this show going and they they're doing a lot for the sport. I mean, if you look around, there's mission sponsored riders, mission sponsored teams, events. I just saw they're sponsoring the Sacramento mile uh, with my buddy, Steve DiLorenzi. So they're doing a lot of really cool things and they're supporting our podcast. Just shout out to mission bell power sports, check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. I wear the race star flex DLX. The quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by bell Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website out at yamahamotorsports.com, motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile and power products, Yamaha revs your heart. Indian Motorcycle, since 1901, Indian Motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules. They have a supreme lineup of motorcycles from the FTR Rally, the Scout Bobber, the Chief, the Challenger. So many great motorcycles over there at Indian Motorcycle. And everything they're doing for the sport, it's uh, it's truly, truly appreciated from a rider. And um, yeah, just it's cool to have them on board with what we're doing as well. Moto America coming up, Circuit of the Americas, April 8th to the 10th. If you can't be there live, make sure you subscribe to the Live Plus package. $89.99 for the season or $12.99 per event. Just pumped to see some racing at Coda, Robbie. It's going to be a good one. That track is insane. Um, love watching any kind of racing at Circuit of the Americas, but Especially Moto America, we'll finally get the Superbike class going, the Stock 1000, and then all the other classes as well. It's going to be really, really good. Dunlop motorcycle tires, 19-inch and 17-inch flat track tires. 
Hit up Dunlop for all your motorcycle tire needs, off-road, street, flat track. Uh, their website is DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. I think we're due for a giveaway here on the pod here. So uh, within the next oh, yeah, episode, we'll give away a set of tires to, to somebody listening. So make sure you guys pay attention to that. And then a big, big shout out to Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Check out Jerry's website, CommercialRoofSystems.net. So a lot of great sponsors that make this show happen. Couldn't do it without them. Um, anything pre pre-guest, Robbie, you want to talk about before we bring Nicole Meese on the pod? Um, yeah, I mean, should we, well, we kind of already talked about Texas. Um, so we don't need to beat that dead horse anymore, really. Um, but, uh, man, I, I just, huge shout out to, to Morgan. I don't think we really, we focused so much on the track and, uh, we didn't really focus on, on, you know, the winners too much. I mean, you won, that was kind of a, you know, a, nothing, nothing unpredictable about that. And Jared, same thing, nothing unpredictable, but Merg, man, uh, first win on the, the Honda. I want to give a shout out to him, man. It's super cool. Um, but boy, them KTM boys are, uh, they're hungry, ain't they? In that class. Yeah, they are. It's, uh, like, I think we saw something on, somebody sent me something or maybe you, you mentioned it or Andrew Butler, but what are your thoughts on, I think I, somebody went, maybe it was um, Richard Weirbach mentioned that the only riders winning the 450 class right now are factory riders. And it's kind of giving out a narrative that you need a factory bike to win in that class. And I think the argument I saw, I think you were actually involved in it. Surprise, surprise, um, was that you need a factory bike. And Mitchler's a great example of the alternative. Like last year, he was top three in the championship. I think he finished top five, pretty much every single race minus a couple. Um, what are your thoughts on if you need that factory equipment to be successful in the singles or really in super twins? Like, do you feel the the Indian motorcycle is that much better in, in the factory pits than it is for guys like Ben Evans or, or those guys that are doing it as well? Um, what are your thoughts on that, man? Man, in a singles class, I don't think you necessarily need a factory bike. I mean, you need a good team surrounding you. And and people have been saying this for two years that, you know, the singles class is like some of the best racing. And, you know, they're all, all the classes that have great racing. But uh, but if you look at all the classes, like, say, Super Twins, there's, there's you know, three to five guys. Same thing, Production Twins. There's three to five guys that could very well win every week. But if you go to the singles, man, there's like, what, 10, 12, you know, it, it like – realistically i mean shout out to gage smith you know he's not on a factory bike and he went and threw down fast time and of course you know it's different racing than it is but showing that he's got the speed and the bike is clearly good enough to throw down the fast time i think once he gets some experience and and some other guys out there that uh, you know certain tracks like will favor the factory guys because they have more resources i guess so to say but uh i don't think you need one i mean no, not to toot my own horn, but me and Dalton freaking won a championship on a bike built in a backyard financed by the bank, you know, so um, with zero support from any factory. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it definitely helps, man. I mean, no, no bullshit aside, you know, it's nice to have like you come in and, you know, you got somebody grab your bike and then you got another guy to talk to about the track and this and that and this and that. So yeah, I mean, there's advantages, but there's you, also. You mentioned Dalton doing it, but uh dan bromley did the same thing for most of the year where i'm probably i guess the whole season when he won his championship and um yeah i just don't think that narrative is is true like besides what people want to think it makes it easier obviously with getting parts and having a bigger budget and more infrastructure more you know quote unquote employees 
Um, you know, that factory factory effort is, is, is really good for that, but I don't think it's as important as you see in like supercross where like the factory bikes are that much better. You know, I think we have such great trainers working on these bikes that, um, you know, it's, it's more of a grind, but I think the bikes are similar. And in four fifties, there's only so much you can do to those bikes to make them work in flat track. Um, and honestly, sometimes a factory, a factory team can restrict you too, because there's a lot more rules and guidelines when it comes to factory equipment and what you can do and what you can't do simply because of the factory. I mean, look at, look at Yamaha, their uh, supercross team for so long. They, um, they just really struggled and everyone's like, Oh, the Yamaha 450 is trash, blah, blah. And then who's dominating the the supercross series this year, Eli Tomac on a 450 Yamaha, but with with star Yamaha as their, uh, as their team. So yeah, it's something to, something to discuss and talk about. Um, I have one more thing I wanted yeah, to you mention. Also gotta, Go ahead, Rob. Follow up with that. Well, I was going to say, also giving you a quick comparison, you know, the people don't understand this, that some of the suspension alone on the factory Supercross bikes costs more than an actual DTX flat track race bike. And people don't realize that, man. Like, there's like three grand just in coating on the forks on some of those bikes. So yeah. that's not even including valving, you know, big, big internal, like everything is just, insane when it comes to supercross yeah they look just like a kind of a bike off production floor but if you look closely i mean everything is billet carbon fiber you know just unobtainium is what the cool thing is called because you know you and i we could both go to the mission and get a check and still not be able to buy some of the shit on those factory bikes like they just won't sell it to you like nope sorry go kick rocks yeah and that's another thing too i've i've personally have wondered like how much in, in moto and supercross like the, the better a kit suspension is way better from what I hear than than just getting it worked. But how, how much of a difference does it make in going in a circle? Um, you know, there's a lot of teams out there well, that are using a kit suspension now. And um, yeah, and that's something that I personally have a question on. Are you guys using a kit for Honda? Uh, I'm not, I'm not privy to say that information. To be Come honest. on. <laughs> I know it sounds, it sounds so, t- we, so have, yes, we so have, yes, you are, you no. are. Biggs, Biggs has several sets of suspension for us, and we've tried multiple different setups. Um, but the one of the things, you know, touching back on the suspension alone, just in Supercross. So say you're like, say you're just a rich student in Mission, you know, I'm just going to use a Mission or Jerry, somebody, somebody with a nice checkbook, says, hey, man, let's go get some really, really good suspension. So we drop 15 grand on suspension. But then you got to have somebody there that knows how to tune that stuff because it's not just as simple as just clickers at that point. You know, it, it's it's knowing what to adjust and how to adjust and and, and apply that to the track itself. Because I've seen multiple cases where people have the best shit and they tune themselves out of the like right out of the ballpark. Yeah. Um, you know, because so bigger. Well, you see that with words, uh, you know? like fancy electronics too, man. You see that with uh, oh for sure guys that are using well, traction control or whatever else, man. It's it's not, you can put the best stuff on your bike, but if you don't know how to use it, you're, you could make it worse. So, um, absolutely. Like I said, I have one more thing I wanted to talk about, but before we get to that, it's April 1st and I wanted to give a shout out and, um, just like a moment just for Jamison minor. It was, I think five years ago now that we lost Jamison on this day in Charlotte. And, um, Jamison was, man, he was such a talented kid and, he actually moved from, I want to say he was from Massachusetts, moved near me here um, in Lancaster, actually, about 25, 30 minutes. Quiet kid, but when he got on the motorcycle, the dude was a problem. Um, super fast, super talented, and um, really cool family. And I just wanted to 
just pay a little respect to Jameis. And I've been seeing stuff on, um, on Facebook today, um, shitty memory, man, but uh, obviously never forgotten. And I uh, wanted to give a, yeah, just a quick little shout out to Jameson, but um, also Rob question for you. I, I, I got sucked in man on Facebook. It's the first time in a long time. I just got sucked in. Ooh, uh, the, I want to see. Uh, I, de- I, I deleted it. Um, and I'll explain why. Oh, you little bitch. I, you yeah, bitch. yeah. Well, all right. The question, the question is, could Carr win or podium in 2022 if he signed up today? Chris Carr, could he win or podium? Okay, can I ask a quick follow-up question first? Go ahead. Is he actually, like, has he been training to come back, or is it, like, straight off the couch? Uh, he is – does it matter? Yeah, because now with the time limits, you know, some of these main events are a lot longer than 25 laps. So it definitely matters to me. If it's if it if he's been training, then absolutely he could come back in podium. I think so. Um, is he going to beat Jared and Breyer like consistently? Not necessarily. But are there certain tracks like say Springfield where he's really really good? Um, I think so for sure, man. He's like amazingly talented, and we've seen before other guys in other sports like. Remember Troy Bayless sat on the couch and came back and won like a freaking superbike race, uh, world superbike race. Um, you know, I don't know in motocross as much because it's so much more physically demanding. Like, I don't even think Dungey could come back right now. But Chris Carr training, yeah, he could definitely do it, I think. What, you think what he could the, win? What was the argument on Facebook? You think he could win? If all the stars aligned right, yes. Yeah, I think so, he would be like – if it was Springfield and there was like a – top three to five battle absolutely and i think it just typical springfield and he's smart enough like me is where he would position himself in a good spot i, th- I think he could do it so you think he could beat jared or briar if that that, that that's, training, that's yeah. even so like um i think chris is 55 now and man i'm is like really? the biggest yeah yeah and i'm the biggest chris carter advocate like I think he's the greatest to ever do it. Like I know people could argue that. And um, he wasn't real popular with the, as popular with the fans as like a Springer or Parker um, just because of the personality, like Chris was there to do a job and he wasn't like the party guys as much as, you know, some of the other guys, whatever, like, don't get me wrong. Chris, Chris got down on uh, Chris party a little bit, but um, it, it was a little bit different. So uh, fan, you know, for the fans, it's, it's never Chris, but like, for me, he's the most well-rounded rider to ever do it. And I, I really think with a different schedule back in the day, um, they only had one TT and one short track for, a, you know, every year for a yeah. long time. Um, but he was still good at both of those too, though. Well, he was phenomenal. He was the best at short tracks and TTs, but during his time, they didn't really have that many on the schedule. So what oh, I'm saying I got you. Is, I got you. Yeah, yeah, he was, like I said, I think he's the most well-rounded guy to ever do it. So I'm a huge Chris Carr guy, but – I'm also, you know, at age 55, where is he going to beat Briar or Jared? I just think the fans, they, um, they don't understand or, you know, appreciate how, how good our top guys are because of the, the lack of quantity. Like, there's not a large quantity of guys. Everybody wants to focus on, you know, there's 12 guys. But, dude, those 12 guys, 12 riders are bad motherfuckers dude like those guys yeah. the athletic ability the talent um it's it's just so different and it's just crazy to think that you could get chris 
Well, dude, for instance, like Chris retired, I think his farewell uh, tour, his year was 2011. And he was still like very competitive up until he retired, but he didn't win a race his farewell year. He had some podiums, but he didn't even win 11 years ago. And that was him in great shape. So like what makes everybody think he's going to come back 11 years later and beat a guy like Briar or Jared? Like, I think Chris could do well, really do. well, but I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see him beating. I don't, I don't see him winning, winning a race. Um, I think with, with Colbert and I mean, it was another thing too. And he, he never got to ride the Indians really, did he? I mean, I wonder if he's probably tested on him and stuff and just, I think he fucked around me, on him, but I don't know. I think I, I asked him this question before and I forget the answer. I want to say he did ride it somewhere but I don't remember where yeah, or how long. Imagine, I don't know, man, I still, I still say, like, on his day, if if he has been training, and he, say he can go the whole distance, he's smart enough to put himself in the right position if he's got a bike that, you know, because Tolbert, I'm sure he's still got plenty of Chris Carr notes. You know, I, I think I think he could, man. I, I mean, I'm not going to say he'd be there week in and week out, but... I think he'd qualify track, good and, and maybe win a semi. I just... And then, like, our races these days, they're longer than they used to be, minus the miles. The miles are about the same. The miles are typically 25 laps still. But the oh, half are? miles and short tracks, they're 34 laps. So Oh, yeah. No, um, no, I'm not I'm not saying on a half mile. I'm saying yeah. my, my call would be Springfield. Man, I just – I don't but look know. But look at look – at, look at, let's look back for a second, too. Remember Rich King? He was like, man, I still feel like I got it. You know, like, these old guys – some of these guys don't fuck around, man. Like – like I'm not saying Rich King would go out there and win, but you put him on the right bike at Springfield, dude, and he was untouchable in his time. Yeah, I just 55 is it's just hard. It's it's just kind of a like a, a kick in the face to the guys we have now to say a guy's gonna come off the couch after 11 years and beat some of the best, you know? Because I put I put Jared and Briar up against anybody in any era. Like um, the talent at the top is just as good as we've had before. There's just not that many of them like, and it sucks yeah. for the guys out there doing their thing because they get hammered because of the quantity, but the quality is still very high. It's an all time high. Like, um, you know, guys and guys in our sport now, they can go out and run, try it. They can compete in triathlons. They can run marathons. They can, you know, it's like the athletic, you know, alone difference from back then till now, it makes a difference. So well, not only that, but looking, let's just look real quick standings wise. Right now, so we're saying people are bitching because there's 12, but realistically, damn near all 12 of these riders would be in a main if there was a hundred twins. No, they showed would. Up. Yeah, they're badass. That's, that's what, what I. That, so that's what I've said. Yeah, I've said that too. Yeah, it's so like, it's like man, it's not it's not like there's a bunch of Robbie Bobbies out there like just taking up grid spots. Don't get me wrong. Like I would love to be able to luck my way into a top 10 Super Twins main event, get lapped you know, eight times, but still collect a check. But let's be realistic, man. There's people are like, oh, man, there's, I remember when so-and-so riders. Well, yeah, but other than like Carver and now Sammy being hurt, but it's not like there's a bunch of dudes sitting on the sidelines like, oh, nope, I'm not racing AFT because, you know, there's only 12 riders. Like that, Well, that's, that's what I mean. Like hold what, what guy on the couch is going to come out and just beat Briar or Jared or Brandon or JD? You know, it's like, um, yeah, yeah I don't, there's not, I, there's not I, anybody. There's, there's, we would all – I don't think there's anybody out there that's racing that's like, nope, we don't want Carver back. But, dude, Carver's doing his thing. He's enjoying life. He's down in Brazil right now. Like, if he wanted to be full-time, he would be full-time, man. But I don't think yeah. that's 
I mean, I, from everything I've read, and I haven't asked him point blank to his face, but but like I haven't, uh, I don't, we don't know. So anyway, yeah, well, we're and somebody somebody day. mentioned, uh, well, he could qualify. It's like, well, no shit, dude. Everybody fucking qualifies right now. But like, <laughs> Robbie Bobby could qualify. That part is definitely different. Like uh, we could go on about dude, that too. That that part's definitely dude, different. But could but, you just imagine? Just picture this for a second. Like Robbie Bobby qualifies. And then after like say what lap ten, here comes like Jared Breyer to lap me, and they're like, "God damn, Robbie Bobby's leg was dangling all the way down the back straightaway. He can't even pick his foot up anymore." And then they come around like four laps later, lap me again, and they're like, "Dude, I ran over his tongue going into turn three. Well, somebody wrote on Cruz's page yesterday, like he's gonna be uh, another texture to get a national number. I'm like, yeah, I guess national numbers don't really exist anymore, but. Anyway, we got uh, Nicole Meese on the line, so I don't want to keep bullshitting too long. But, Nicole, thanks for taking the time to come on. I know you're super busy doing all Jared's stuff, and uh, we appreciate you taking time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, Jared makes me do everything, so uh, I'm I'm glad to be here. (laughs) um, Is he watching Hayden right now? No, Hayden's at school. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. I was going to give him shit about that. Like you're sitting there holding Hayden while he's just like doing whatever he does. <laughs> <laughs> that would totally be the, the scenario though. I'd be holding Hayden and cooking dinner and talking to y'all. <laughs> and he's out there just messing with his motorbike, just like change the oil again, just to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Corey lead into this. Cause I got so much stuff I want to talk to Nicole about. Yeah. I got some questions. Like I said, I want to talk um, I mean, everybody knows your career as a rider. Um, most of the fans do. So we won't get on that too much. There's a lot of things you're doing outside of that right now that is kind of underrated and not talked about enough with the promotions you guys are doing and, and all of that. I want to get some thoughts on that. But to start off, I, I do want to touch upon kind of like, you know, I, I think it's probably been, man, I, I'll probably fuck this up, but four or five years <laughs> since you've been racing is it, how long when did you retire oh, it's way longer than is well, it not way longer um 15 was the last time i raced a flat track bike or wow. on the circuit um and then i never rode another flat track bike until last year at sacramento on the mile okay wow so a couple of years wait off. That's, yeah. t- that's typical um <laughs> What is the one thing you miss most about competing? Is it the traveling to the track? Is it the fans, the racing itself, kind of like the training? Um, what is, um, what's the biggest I thing wouldn't that you say miss? Like, I really, I wouldn't say I really miss like traveling and um, training because I still do those things. Um, I really miss interacting with the fans. Um, but now that we're promoting two events, um, it's cool because I get, you know, to still interact with the fans just in a different manner. Um, So I really miss interacting with the fans, especially the kids that came up, you know, trying to get more kids involved in the sport and a younger crowd. Like I feel like our crowd nowadays is, you know, the older, you know, Springer car Parker um, crowd. And we need to (laughs) to bring in that new crowd and that younger generation. So, um, Lately, I guess that's what I miss most is kind of interacting with those younger fans and, and talking to them about the sport and trying to get them more involved. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's a good thing to touch on, too, because, you know, they're only going to be around for so long. Like, you're only going to get those guys to show up. And then, you know, they're either, I'm mean, not to be a dick, but they're 
just old and they don't want to come out anymore or or nowadays with you know it's just so easy to sit there and click on your computer and watch what you want to watch so i think uh i think you're hitting the nail on the head trying to trying to reach out to those younger generations that might want to come out and watch um yeah so i had a girl actually the other day that was 93 i think 93 um call and order tickets for springfield and I was like, wow, that's so awesome. Like, you're coming to our race, you know, and you're 93. And But I'm like, how long is that theme going to be around, you know? So, yeah, yeah sure. we definitely got to bring in that younger younger generation. So, uh, Nicole, I'm going to take it way, way back for a minute here. Cause to the first time <laughs> I ever met you, didn't even know who you were or anything. We were at Waco, Texas. I want to say maybe 02. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you were on like a purple and white, maybe like Honda 250 or 450 framer. And I came around and it was a TT and you had eaten shit. Like I think <laughs> going into the, and I come around, I stop and you're like on the ground crying. And like, I was young and you were young, but like, I didn't really know what to do. And like, I was like, uh, are you okay? <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> here, and I don't even know if you guys were together or not at the time, but here comes Jared bebopping over there on his bike because he was in the Maroni leathers, I believe. But how how yeah. long? So uh, you weren't you were too young because me and Jared are pro sports. So you must have been amateur. But did did you start up like on fifties, sixty fives, or did you like how did that even work? You know what I mean? Like did yeah. you just? Yeah, I started out on a 50. Um, my dad actually was real big into motocross and stuff. So um, I did motocross for, I don't know, the first part of my, you know, racing career or whatever. Um, until I was on like 80s. And then my dad's like, we were trying to like moto one one day on the weekend and flat track the other day. And he's like, all right, this is too much. Like, which one do you like better? And um <laughs> Moto was cool. Like I'm not against moto, but it wasn't really my thing. Um, flat track. I don't know. I just like the, the speed of it. I got more of an adrenaline rush from it. Um, and like back in my moto days, I feel like they tried to separate the guys and girls. Um, and I think, I mean, I wasn't not allowed to race in the boys class, but there was always a girls class. And I was like, Oh, I guess I can race this class, you know, but I didn't want to go out there and just be like the best of the girls. I wanted to go out there and be the best of everybody. So um, I typically race both, both classes. Um, and then, you know, uh, we were good friends with the Cummings family and they were like, you should really take her to the amateur nationals. They were in Michigan at I-96 and uh, we didn't have a bike. We borrowed a Cobra and I went out there and I did really well. And, you know, it just kind of took off from there. I got more into the flat track scene of things due to the whole Cummings family. So. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I didn't never know that connection. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So there were, when you came up through and you turned pro or even when you were amateur, there wasn't a lot of female racers. I don't think um, it was far. and There wasn't before. really. Well, and then there was a whole bunch, it seemed like, like, um, at one yeah. point, at one point in the pro ranks, I think like maybe like 2010, 11 or whatever, there was probably five or six girls, females with pro licenses. Um, and now, yeah. and now it's, well, you had Molly Terry, you had Shana, you had Nicole, you had Tiffany Sloan, 
Uh, Sandriana yeah. might have been a pro at that time. Um, so this is yeah. after Snyder then, because I was thinking Snyder. Was Snyder, no. is Snyder older than Nicole then, I guess? Younger. Yeah, older. She's a little bit older, yep. Okay, all right. So, yeah, else. I'm in the wrong generation. Who am I missing, Nicole, for <laughs> female pros in that, that time period? I think you, oh, Charlotte I came think up you through then. Oh, yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte, Morgan Monroe came up through. Yeah. Um, anyway, but there was quite a few. And now we're back to this this deal where Shayna's the only female with a pro license in all three classes. So talk about that a little bit. What do you feel? Is there any rhyme or reason for why that is? And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what my question is, but yeah, I just kind of noticed that it's like, man, we don't. I don't have any as like we I did. feel like back then there was a ton of amateur races like I don't know if you remember Corey but I feel like we were hitting amateur races on like Friday nights and then professional races on Saturday um or Thursday Friday Saturday type thing um and I feel like our amateur racing has gone down which leaves a spot like where do these girls start? You know what I mean? They don't really have that connection or don't know where to start. Um, I still get a ton of inbox messages like, Hey, my daughter's six years old or whatever, and wants to get into to racing motorcycles. Where do we start? Um, where can we go practice or try it? And I feel like um, our sport is lacking that initiative. Like, there's no like good direction of where to go or where to start. We grew up in a, a motorcycle background, and I feel like a lot of those families that you um, talked about being in the pro ranks, I feel like a lot of them were already, you know, into motorcycle racing somehow because of their fathers or grandfathers or whatever. Um, and I feel like if you don't have that background, then maybe there's not that connection, you know. So I feel like we need to bring that back to the amateur level maybe a little more and, um, and, and push and, you know, maybe have some of us who have been in the motorcycling industry um, go out to those events and speak and, and help these women get, get more involved and get started. You know, um, the professional ranks isn't for everybody. Like, it's a lot of hard work, as you know, Corey. Um, training week in and week out and lining up sponsorship packages and traveling every week. And I mean, Corey and your whole family, you guys drive every single weekend. You know, I, I've been fortunate. We've been flying lately, um, but it's a lot. It takes a lot and um, a lot of coordination to make it all happen, especially when you're, you know, toting kids around and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's a lot of good insight. And it's uh yeah, it's, it's, things have changed every year. It's, it's crazy how much, um, just like local races and everything you mentioned, how different, how different it is year to year, but it is a, it is a bummer just, um, having all those female riders at the time and in the pro or in the pro ranks, it's, it's important for the sport. And it, like you said, it's really cool that we don't have a, a female class. Like you, if you want to go pro, you, you race with the big dogs, like you, you jump up and, and you go out and, and like riders, like, you know, Shana, yourself, Jennifer Snyder, um, you know, and then back in the day, Tammy Kirk and, uh, Diane mm -hmm. and all those, all those riders, they, they're, you guys have accomplished a lot. So it sets the bar really high for women looking to get into it. Um, 
And that's kind of leading me into, I, I wanted to ask you about it. It's Shane is back in the super twins this year. And for the fans that don't know um, you and Shana have a really good relationship. You guys have kind of gone back since the beginning and I've always kind of had a really good relationship there. What are your thoughts on Shana and the super twins this year? And what's that relationship like for those listening? You know, yeah, Shana and I go back, like you said, quite a ways. Um, your dad jumped in with the Harley dealership and um, sponsored me, like basically when I first got going on the Harleys and Shana and I kind of connected, um, you know, even though she's a, a couple years younger than me or three or four years younger. Um, but yeah, she's always been a great rider and, you know, a lot like myself, really determined and uh, works hard to push forward. Um, I think it's really cool. Like not many females have had factory rides uh, like Shana has right now. And so um, I think that goes a long way. Like people will say, oh, you're a female. You just get everything handed to you. Uh, not necessarily like I know speaking for myself I work really hard and uh, you know for a couple years there Shana and Briar were coming down um, to our Florida house and uh, training with us and and they both train really hard so um, to say like because you're a female you get everything handed to you it's like no it doesn't really work like that like we have some different advantages because let's face it, females are the ones who spend the money um, and go out and accessorize motorcycles or clothing or whatever. And um, so, yeah, we do have an advantage for dealerships, you know, if you're promoting a, a woman in motorsports. Um, but overall, I, I think it's really cool to see Shayna in the uh, twins class this year. And, um, you know, I, I know she was a little frustrated with her finishes at the first two rounds. Um, but the, the tracks were really tough and technical. And um, again, she's so small. So it's like she has to work twice as hard to make that motorcycle work when you're on rough tracks or um, tracks that don't have as much traction, that sort of thing. So um, I think we'll see her do some good things this year. I think she'll have some good finishes. Um, you know, when you know <laughs> as well as anybody is, when you feel good on the motorcycle and you're, you know, hooked up and whatever, you have good results. So um, I think we'll see her shine at some of the tracks. We just haven't gotten to them yet. So I want to break it back down to your racing career because I have so many questions. But the um, something that's always kind of made me wonder, too, because I've never been in this situation, but you've lined up next to Jared several times as boyfriend, girlfriend, and, and husband, wife, but does that change anything at all? Like last lap of the main semi, whatever, I think he would stuff you, but would you stuff him back? Or, I mean, or is it kind of like a, you know, like. He would definitely passes. stuff me. We've oh, had those sure. conversations. <laughs> but I mean, does it change anything on yours? Like, like, oh no, I'm going to let Jared have it, but. You know, because we know damn good and well, you know, he would wreck you pulling into the grocery store parking lot if he got a better parking spot. But, you know, I'm just kind of wondering, like, you know, if the opportunity was there for Nicole to get her first win and you literally had to plow through Jared, not wreck him, but just move him, would you have done that? Or, I mean, because nobody ever accused you, in my opinion, of being like a rough rider or a dirty rider or anything. But, you know, you could be aggressive when you needed to. I've seen it. But it was all good racing. But – 
with Jared, would it be extra aggressive or less aggressive? Um, I wouldn't take it less aggressively on him. Like, I would definitely probably move him out of the way. I mean, like I said, <laughs> we've had those conversations. And I remember at the Springfield Mile, he was like, uh, I think we were going back and forth, like, in a semi or a heat race. And he was like, listen, just stay behind me and we'll pull away. And I was like, I'm not staying behind you. <laughs> um, so, like, if I can pass you, I'm going to pass you. And he was like, no, we got to work together. I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to do my thing. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to work together with you. <laughs> imagine if Nicole – imagine if, like, you beat him, let's say Springfield, like, you beat him for – let's say a win and then he loses the championship by two points it's like oh shit <laughs> Nicole took the title. yeah that would have that would have been like uh probably not some very good ride home and maybe a, not a very good uh off season <laughs> in the winter but um like you can't predict those things right in the middle no. of the season so yeah no I, I wouldn't have taken it any easier on him and you know, I've seen Briar and Shayna even go head to head, and I've I've never seen either of them take it easy on each other. You know, they're <laughs> you're out there doing out a job, Springfield. and that's what they. I know. I was just gonna say that, but I didn't <laughs> want to bring up a touchy subject. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I mean, what was it? Uh, I think it was 2015. They were we're we're in a Rob. Do you remember that? We're in a we're on a same. I'm sorry, we're in the same heat race together. It's me. Shayna, Briar. I actually think Jared was in it too, but me, Shayna, Briar. I think you're right. Yeah, and we're all battling for like this is when they had heat races, and we're all battling for transfer. It's like me, Shayna, and Briar, and there's one of us is transferring, the other two are going in the truck. Oh, I'm sorry, two of us were transferring, and one was going in the truck. So I uh, I finished the race and I transferred. I got like second or third, or I think I was third. And Shayna, I look behind, and Shayna, um, she got fourth, and I'm like. I'm like, hell yeah. I was like, good job. I'm like going the fist bumper. And she looks like really like pissed off or like distraught. I'm like, what's up? You just qualified like out of the heat. That's badass. And then I come around and Briar's laying on the track. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, oh, no way. I was like, I was, I was gonna, I was like, hey, who took Briar out? <laughs> like to Shayna. <laughs> and then we come in the pits and you know, it ended up, they got tangled. Like it was a total racing incident, but Briar went to uh, make a move around the outside and she wasn't giving him anything, man. And he ended up crashing and pretty hard crash, but it was just like, I remember like, like I said, finishing the race and I'm like excited. And I look back and she's like, not excited at all. I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, so um, anyway, yeah, that was uh, quite the memory, but um, one of the trans talking about Springfield mile makes me uh, want to transfer over to um, our next kind of line of topics. And it's the promotion side of things. And man, there's some loaded topics here. Uh, I'll try and keep it. Oh yeah. <laughs> try and keep it narrow, but um, oh man. So you're a huge side of the promotion aspects of uh, Mies promotion. So it's, you guys do the Lima half mile and this year you picked up Springfield mile. Let's talk about, I guess, whew, what do you, what, what do you do personally with those events? Uh, what does Nicole Meese do? Um, let's say Lima, um, let's start there. What are the job duties? And I guess before you get into that, how did that come about? Like what made you guys want to even start doing it? Um, you know, 
going to Lima every year, there's one there, whatever we, it's close to home for us. It's only like two and a half hours from our house in Michigan. Um, we're like, yeah, it might be cool to get into to some promoting and Barb and Dean had put on the race for, for several years. And, um, they were like, Hey, you know, we're, we're ready to retire. Do you want to buy it? And I think they asked us for maybe three or four years. And finally Jared's like, I think we're ready. <laughs> so, um, we took it over and, you know, it's, it's tough. Cause like Jared's a racer and a promoter. So, Basically, on race day, you know, leading up to it, we both share tasks and that sort of thing. Um, but the the busy time is the day of the race. And, and Jared basically takes his promoter hat off and, and goes racing. Um, and I kind of run the show. Now, luckily, we bring in um, Steve Beattie and Michelle Beattie um, from Canada. And um, Steve's had some promotional races that he's done in Canada. Um, I think he might have even done one or two in the States here, too. But um, he, he's really knowledgeable and knows the sport well. Um, so he, he kind of jumps in as Jared on race day and, and helps out. And um, I, I couldn't do it without them, them guys, you know, because he kind of takes the track side and I do all the ticketing vendor side. So. Um, basically I deal with all the customers. Um, I obviously have other people in place to, um, do the ticketing sales, but I kind of put out all the fires or, um, you know, make sure everybody's where they need to be and doing, doing their jobs and that sort of thing, answer any questions that need to be taken care of. Um, but you know, there's a lot of little fires the day of the race, like, people complain about like the parking lot is too far away from the grandstands and I'm like okay I'm sorry like this fairgrounds was built you know probably a hundred years ago and um I wasn't here to say your parking lot is too far away from the to the grandstand so um little things like that it's just it's kind of funny you know when people complain about things but um the first year I took everything to heart like I remember crying after the race probably during the race like hide in the bathroom have a little moment <laughs> and then go back out and do my job and um as at the end of the day Jared's like so how'd things go and I'm like it was terrible <laughs> and I was like um telling him everything that happened and he's like listen we have like 8,000 people here you're not going to please all all 8,000 people he's like if you please the majority of them you're doing a good job I'm like okay and you know, since then, my skin's got a little tougher, and I'm like, hey, this is how it is. Like, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. Um, I do try to take, you know, people's complaints and work on it for next year and make um, the event bigger and better and um, work out those little um, things that people do complain about. So I like the feedback now. Um, it was just that first year I was like, thought every single person had to be happy and I couldn't make that happen. And so that was like, you know, a, a, a hammer to the head, like you can't do it and kind of made me feel defeated. But um, each year it's gotten easier and better. And, um, you know, the fans kind of know me now because I talked to every single one of them basically doing ticket orders and stuff. And um, I feel like we've gained a respect for each other and that sort of thing and can have those hard conversations. 
Man, yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, obviously, uh, Corey and I both understand the promotion game, but you know, the the Lima is you know on a much larger scale. So, man, you're so much nicer than me though, because like, man, I, I find myself and maybe because I do, uh, <laughs> I, I I'm in charge of track prep and everything else. But man, it's just like sometimes you wonder, like, for instance, the the thing you just said, like the grandstands are too far away. Like, at what point is it like? Oh, like I would just lose my cool with that, you know, and you're such a sweetheart for, for being so nice about it. But man, I would just have probably some terrible smart ass answer. Like, well, you know, you should have bought a golf cart, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't, know what to, don't know what to tell you. But now that I say that some people are going to be like, how come you guys don't have golf cart shuttles? Well, actually, so that is in progress for this year is like golf cart shuttles. Um, and Springfield did do that last year. So like, the cool thing is, is I got to go see somebody else promote their event last year and sit in with them and um, see how they handle situations and what they do differently. And so that was kind of cool. And I was like, wow, that's a great idea. You know, like, why can't I hire two people to come in and drive a golf cart back and forth and, and bring these people in? Um, you know, we also like didn't have, Lima's not really set up for handicap because um, they were grandfathered in, like, from when they first built the um, facility. They didn't have those regulations, ADA regulations, and now they do. Um, but they were grandfathered in. So it's like we didn't even really have handicapped parking, you know. I was, like, sending people, if they asked, a wristband to tell them they could come park behind the horse barn. And um, so this year I'm like, listen, if they have a handicapped sticker – or whatever, um, you know, thing in their window, just send them through to the, the barn. I, I don't need to send them a special wristband, you know, because some people didn't even know about this wristband, but they were handicapped. Like one guy um, was missing a leg and I felt so bad. Like, you know, I found him at the end of the night and we gave him a ride down to, to his car in a golf cart, but he walked all the way from like way out by the road up to the grandstands and, I felt terrible. I'm like, really? The the officer wouldn't let you through, you know? So um, it's just like those little things that, that you learn and work on and, and try to make better. No, it's it's crazy. I look back to the first year of the winter throwdown. I'm like, I don't know how the hell I did it that first year because you know, like the, what I've learned from year one, and I've been doing it for four years, it's like you, you definitely learn more, you get better. But it's kind of funny, like Jared, you know, talk, you're never going to please everybody. And ain't that the truth? Like you could do everything right. You could, you know, and somebody's going to come up with something to be upset about. And it, it's tough. Cause I'm, I'm kind of like Rob and I got a little bit Northeast in me. I, I want to just, you know, <laughs> chirp back and get mad, but I actually feel like that's one thing I do pretty well. Like I try to do like the Chick-fil-A method. I tell all my workers, Hey, Chick-fil-A method, no matter what, just don't get angry. Just be, be nice to everybody. Like I want the people coming, the riders, the fans, this is an unenjoyable event. And I don't want the fans to feel like I'm doing them a favor by putting this race on. Like um, that's the biggest thing. You go to a lot of races and the promoters, they make it seem like they're doing you a favor by, by promoting this race. And the attitude kind of reflects that. It's like, man, I'm spending money to be here. This is supposed to be fun. Um, and I think if you have that mentality where you treat it like a customer service industry, then, then the fans mm -hmm. keep coming back. The riders keep coming back, but yeah, no, that, that's interesting. Um, does Jared ever, does he ever ask any promoter promoter related questions on race day? Like, 
Um, does he ever oh my gosh he, give input or ask he, questions? He, he texts me all day long. How many people have come through the front gate? I'm like, can you just go race and like we'll we'll talk about this at the end of the night? <laughs> oh my god, that's um, so Jared though. He's sitting there going on the backstory, like calculating in his head. All right, man, there's these bleachers, man. There's like eight empty seats over here. What's going on? <laughs> so <laughs> I can true. See it too. He's like, you know, man. he's he's such a numbers guy. Like, it, I sw- he probably is the whole time he's racing, thinking about like, oh man, the the stands are really full. We're doing really good tonight. Or like, like you said, like, oh man, there's a big empty spot over there. Like, why isn't that filling up? We can you can you make a post to like get out here right now to the line or half mile, you know, and get more people in the seats. So yeah, it's, that's totally him, a numbers guy all the way. It's so funny because like I, I've said it a million times, like he is like the smartest dumb guy I know. And he's so smart, <laughs> but then like you, and I'm not p- trying to pick on him so bad, but, and then like, he'll misspell like the simplest word. Ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. How can you be so smart and so dumb at the same time? But like, dude, I, I wouldn't change him for the world. He's so unique and, and it, <laughs> It's just, just. Well, I don't know if if you were around. When we were Facetime the other night about the the Chad Coast incident, dude. But he about fell out of his chair laughing. Like it was like, what do you want, Rob? And I show him that, and he's like, oh, okay, that was totally worth a Facetime call. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, and of course, like, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Rob. Mm-mm. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just <laughs> just rambling on. I just <laughs> like have a. Were. I have a question actually. I I jotted down here, and I wanted to get some thoughts from you. Um. So right now, uh, obviously, race promotions is a lot different from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, um, 40 years ago with technology and live streaming and social media. What are your thoughts on if that is hurting spectator counts? Um, I have my own thoughts about it. And, you know, it's it's a double edged sword, this whole live streaming. And, you know, I promote Winter Throwdown and everybody's asking me about live streaming and I've, I've done so much research. I've talked to, you know, a lot of networks and um, I just, it's hard to justify a lot of that live streaming for a race that I have, because I feel like if the fans have that opportunity to sit at home and watch the race, they're going to sit they're, at they're, they're gonna sit at <laughs> home and watch the race. If it's a little bit cold or a little bit windy, or if it's too hot, um, they have the luxury where back in the day, they would just, you know, saddle up, put on sunscreen and and go watch the race. But now everyone's kind of, um, modernized, I guess is the term and a little bit spoiled where they can sit home and watch the race. And honestly, like it's, you know, people are bitching about the, uh, the expense to watch on live streaming. I think it's four 99. Um, you know, last year, last year, I think it was a dollar 99. It's like, holy shit. It's almost you know, it's it anyway, like I said, I could, you could get me on about this topic for a long time. And it's something that I think needs to be looked at for the promoters as well. And yeah, whatever, um, I could go into that some more. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on that? And what, what are you guys doing or what can we do collectively to make sure these fans come and support the races? Cause if the fans don't come, we don't have races. Like the, the, the business model doesn't work in any scenario, if we don't have fans at the track. Exactly. So I watched Texas on the live streaming because we ha- we were going on a trip the following week and, you know, traveling with kids and all that. So 
Um, I was like, I'll just stay home and watch the race live streaming. And literally after the race, I called Jared. I'm like, I am not staying home and watching live streaming anymore. It is so boring. And like, it wasn't a good connection. And I was like complaining about it, you know? And um, so in a sense, I'm like, if you really want to see flat track racing, don't sit at home and watch it. Like, it is not the same. It's the environment's not the same. The atmosphere is not the same. Um, you don't actually get like the real picture of the racing and what's going on. Right. Because they focus on a small percentage of the race, um, yep. or a small group of the race, I should say. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're here to support the sport, like go out and, and support the sport and show up and buy a t-shirt and, have a good time with your buddies. Like that's what the races are for, right? You want to go have a good time with your buddies or go for a, a fun motorcycle ride and, and meet up with your buddies at this event um, and have a couple beers and whatever. So go out and support the sport because when you sit at home, you're not really supporting the sport. Um, the only thing that I think live streaming is great for is for those elderly people who can't make it. Like, my 93 year old grandmother sits at home and watches every single race and she will stay up until 3 a.m. If we're still racing at 3 a.m. Um, What's your grandma's name? So, What's her know, name? Lil Meese. Oh, Lil, she is right. a firecracker Lil. too. Yeah. She gave oh, me she shit. <laughs> she gave me shit at winter throwdown because the, uh, the signal wasn't good. She's writing on the, is she going to be listening? Is she going to listen to this? Oh, she, she will. Listen? Yeah, she listens oh. to everything. She follows everything. She even prints like every single picture and article that Jared's in, and gives us like this huge binder at the <laughs> um, end of the year. It's really cool. Like she totally Shout out supports Lil. the sport. Yep. She does oh, yeah. not care how much live streaming is. She just needs a way to see the races. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah and, I think it's good for that. That aspect but if you're really wanting to support the sport and you want to see the sport grow and um you want to have a good time and like really be involved you need to get your butt to the racetrack and not sit at home no matter what the weather is or or whatever you know like go be lively go be outside and enjoy the fresh air like put down your electronics for eight hours you know Yep, for sure. And and people understand too, it's not just the the racing too. It's like they they say it's like the sight, the sounds, the smells. I mean, it, yes. it is so true. It's so true. Like just at Texas, I was sitting there in the pits and of course we we're pretty close to the track and I could smell the calcium. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then sure enough, me and Jared both like walk our asses up there and, and you know, they're throwing calcium down. But that's just one of the cool aspects is the the sights and the sounds and the smells. Like you can't get that on live stream and, and and I do agree 100% like not everybody can just make it to the race but for those that are like on the fence with me being like a super mega fan like it's not even the question like I'm I'm going if I can make especially it, flat going. track because you can see the yeah. whole track like um flat track's really cool because you're you're sitting and looking down at the whole track and um it's not like you're waiting for guys to come around like a moto race or you know road racing too like it's you, you're you're there and there's everything's right in front of you um so yeah that's maybe, maybe i'm biased and the other cool, go ahead nicole no the other cool thing now is like um so 
all the events, including ours, we're offering offering um, pit pass upgrades. So you can go in the pit and like see your favorite riders, right? And you can watch them uh, put their helmet and suit on and and ride right up to the um, line or whatever where they go on and off the racetrack all day. Um, you all can day. watch. You can watch those people like when they're in a hurry. Like you've been there, Corey. You know, trying to scramble to change your gearing or um your settings you know on your shock or whatever um before your next round like they can watch that intensity all day long that's cool not very yeah. many um well i saw you can do that i saw you post that nicole and i want to just let the fans know it is different from the open paddock we've had for years like the open pits or paddock whatever you want to call it that was only like an hour long you came in you got your autographs you went back to your seat AFT now, and what Nicole's talking about, you can buy a pit pass upgrade and you can come in at like 3 p.m. and you can walk around and stay in the pits until after the main events, um, which is, it's really freaking cool for the fans. As a rider, it's tough for me sometimes when I'm like, yeah. I literally have my helmet on walking out to the main event and I have fans asking to sign something or whatever. So that that part is, it, it, that's taken some adjusting. It's cool to have that enthusiasm from the fans. Um, but it's, as a rider, it was, it was kind of, it's been challenging, but I'm learning to kind of adapt with it. But as far as the fans go, that's badass. Like you can walk around all day long. Like Nicole said, you can see, you know, you can see the emotions of the riders putting their helmet on, walking up to the grid. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, did you listen to Jared on our, our last episode, Nicole? I listened to, well, I was actually sitting in the car when he was doing the last episode, but. Okay. Yes. What are, what are your thoughts on Jared's class structure plan? Uh, I've had a lot of comments and, you know, calls about Jared Meese's class structure plan for the future of AFT. And what are your thoughts on that? And are there any more ideas that Jared has that he hasn't told us about yet? I don't think so. Like, he's pretty open. You know, he even talks to the guys at AST, like, hey, we really need to be doing this. Like, he's pretty open about that stuff. Um, he doesn't really hide anything. Um, I think his class structure is good. Like, we want to see more riders or whatever in each class. And so to do that... I don't know. There's a lot of things you could do to do that. But, um, you know, I, I know the one thing he was talking about is like come next year, I think is, is what they're talking about doing is combining, um, the, the production twins and the super twins. So, um, you know, we'll have like a full class there. The bad thing for the riders is like, you know, these kids who are coming up off of a 450 are jumping right onto a twin into the super twins class. So um, I feel like when I was growing up racing, I was lucky because I went to Canada and Ohio and whatever and got to ride a twin on these tracks and kind of learn the feel of the motorcycle and that sort of thing um, before I actually jumped into the professional rank. Um, and I feel like some, some kids are going to lose out on that and it's going to be a hard transition. I mean, um, Corey knows as well as anybody, you know, kind of in the, the circuit, like jumping from a 450 to a twin is a big change. Like Shana could probably touch on that, um, hugely because 
she's done it a couple of times and like just the way you handle the motorcycle um is so much different like starts are different the way you ride the motorcycle is different everything is different about it um so i don't know it'll be interesting to see like the class structures in the future um i think jared has some good idea with the ideas with the class structure um and honestly like I, I tell jared all the time i'm like you should just promote all the events like retire from racing and just promote all the events um jokingly and you know i don't know maybe maybe someday he'll he'll take that on and you know hopefully he can make some changes to the sport but um i think right now like they're moving in the right direction and trying to make proper changes to the sport um to grow the to grow the sport um there were some changes i think that has hurt the sport a little bit but um i think we're moving in the right direction and and you know from the fans side of things we just need that support and the time to make the the changes you know you can't make every single change in one year it's a lifespan you know it takes time to make change and um i wish you could sometimes just push a button and like everything would change but it doesn't work like that you know you have to have the proper people and things in place to to make those changes so yeah, yep, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there, there's no no argument no argument for me there. I uh I want to I want to change gears on you though. I, I need to know. So you rode the Indian at SAC, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if Nicole started racing again, but the Indian or the XR, and of course, you know, there's so many variables. But and you only got like how many laps on the Indian? You didn't get like a ton of them, but oh no, it tell? was like two laps. <laughs> So for that two laps, I mean, was the Indian amazing or did you come in and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing doesn't feel anything near as good as my XR? Because obviously your XRs were dialed in. They were they were good bikes. They were set up for you. And you just hopped on that bike that wasn't set up for you. But um, if, if you had a different phase in your career, would are you happy that like you got to do it on the XR or do you wish that, you know, you got your choice of some Indians? No, I actually wish I would have a choice for to ride an Indian or would have had that choice or chance, you know. Um, I came back in and I was like, Jared, I think I could go racing again. Like, I only needed a couple more laps and I probably yes. would have been like right in the time hunt. And he was like, I knew you were going to say that. Yes, so, that is know, the answer um, I was hoping you would say. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> it was so like, there's a chance. I don't know. I, I was like, it was like, you know, the Cadillac of the Harley. Like, it was good. I got on and felt, like, real comfortable real fast. <laughs> so, with that being said, looking at the schedule, I'm right in front of it right now. I mean, you can't do Springfield because you're promoting that, but um, we're going to do know. a GoFundMe. That's what I said. Maybe well, I we're can gonna just, do a... like, hand over the reins to somebody and race Springfield. Yeah, so call it Tamara. will be racing. Both of the promoters will be racing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So would it be, if there was one, would it be Springfield? I mean, because you were really good on the miles. I mean, you were good everywhere. But what what was your like, yeah. if I could win a race, or would it be Springfield or somewhere else? No, I would like to do Springfield. Like, um, the last year I was there, I rode uh, Willie McCoy's bike. Um, yeah. he's like, I really want somebody on my bike. Like, would you do it? And I was like, sure. You know, Willie's always had great motorcycles. Um, and, and he's done a lot of the tuning and stuff himself, you know, or alongside Kenny Colbert. So 
Um, I knew he had some good knowledge. He's won, you know, races there, whatever. So I was like, sure. And um, I, I won my heat race there on it. And um, I was running really well in the main event. And uh, a piece broke like a couple laps to go. I finished the race, but it was like, you know, slowing down or whatever. Um, so, no, I think it would be cool to, to run a, in that front group at Springfield and win the Springfield Mile. Um, I also really like the Sacramento Mile. Like, I think that's a great race as well. Okay. Everybody, right, so everybody wants to win Sacramento. Springfield, Rob. Everybody, that's the race. I know, but yeah, no, no. Come on. <laughs> I know, but no, no. Or Decoin, we're, so we're gonna... right? If we ever went back to Decoin, oh. I, I really like Decoin. That's a fun mile. <laughs> Yeah, that's I my hated favorite the coin. And, I hated the coin. I, I like I like Sack and Springfield a lot, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, but that's the the, the right answer. Springfield, like anybody that's ever raced flat track, Springfield is the Daytona five hundred, or or you yeah. could argue winner throwdown. I mean, who who doesn't want to? I know Jared's going to listen, and oh, we always give each other shit, but <laughs> everybody wants to win winner throwdown, right? So. Uh, no, Springfield well, is that, is that race, man. That's, that's the one, that's the one that every, every kid dreams of winning. And yeah. So, um, the list of people that have won that it's, it's just incredible, but, uh, man, I, I had uh, Nicole, I could keep this going forever, but, um, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of things to do. I do have our last little segment. It's the high, low line, um, this or that with a brief explanation. Uh, and I got a few good ones. I have four of them. Um, so you're talking to a fan first time, first race they're going to attend. What is your recommendation? You can only pick one, Lima or Springfield. Fuck, oh, that's hard. Hmm. <laughs> I know that is hard. This, like, I, I, I give the hard ones. Give you a reason why. God, that uh, is so uh, tough. That's like pick pick one. I would, you, say, uh, I would say Lima because um, Lima's just a different breed. It's a totally different racetrack from any other racetrack on the circuit. And uh, the the fans there like just want to have a cold beer and dirt flung in their face. That's awesome. I knew that was a hard one. I was proud of that one. That I was, was proud good. of that one. All that right, was a good that was too. a hard one. This one's kind of technical, but I I personally want to know the answer, and a lot it would provide a lot of insight on things you read on Facebook and um, arguments there. Um, so bear with me here. I'm going to try to explain it in their prime. There's a team race. Okay. Each rider is a team of two. Each rider does 25 laps and then they switch on equally prep twins. Who are you picking? The first team is Chris Carr and Scott Parker. The second team is Briar Bauman and Jared Meese. They're racing <laughs> 25 laps. They switch equally prep twins what? in their prime. Let's say, I know the track was going to be brought up. So let's just say a cushion half mile. Chris Carr and Scott Parker in their prime versus Briar and Jared in their prime. Who are you picking? I would say Briar and Jared, hands down. Like, um, I don't know. Like, Briar's super strong on a cushion. Like, he's not afraid to go up by the hay bales. Um, and Jared's won his fair share of cushions. So um, I, would, I would go with those guys uh, just because, I don't know, I get – I guess I see them now. And so maybe I'm more like partial to them. Um, you know, like I love, I loved watching, uh, Chris and them guys, uh, back in the day, but now it's like a new era. And so I guess I'm going with my own era. 
<laughs> well, I, yeah, I gotta agree, like, man. I gotta underrated. agree. I mean, you could say a clay half mile, right? You could pick Briar and Jarrett. You could say, yeah, you could, you could argue a short track. You could argue a TT, uh, the mile. You could even argue the mile. Obviously, Carr and Parker have a shit ton of mile wins, but Brian. I Jared, was gonna say I would probably switch for the mile because I don't know. I don't know. Just watching yeah. them back in the day. And... No, I I would have to switch for the mile too. Just just because Parker and Carr won. So, I mean, I don't have time to look it up, but how many miles they have between the two of them? And probably yeah, it's just seventy. Insane. Seventy. I think. Yeah, I think like, Parker. Parker has like fifty mile wins. I think. I'd have to look. Yeah, it's, it's insane. insane. Yeah, insane. it is insane. Um. um so I, I got, have. I have one oh, more. Ahead, don't let me. Don't let. No. 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 You go ahead. But uh, mine's right, the final follow up. All right. I got two more. Uh, timed races or laps. What do you like better? Um, I like laps, and I'm partial to laps because that's what I race with. Like. I don't know. The time thing is like motocross to me and I like flat track. And so I'm going to go back to the old school days and, and how the sport started and, and they didn't do time back in the day. They did lap. So um, I'm going to say lap. I have to agree. I like I, the time thing I was really open to trying and um, but as a racer, like, I don't know how many laps we're doing ever. Cause I don't sit down there and do the yeah. math. Um, I never know. It's like, uh, you, just go ask Jared. Jared will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris Carr used to always text me or tell me, he'd be like, all right, so you're going to do this many laps at this track, which is taking place four months from now. I'm like, damn, bro, you got a lot of time on your hands. So, um, <laughs> I just never know. Like I just go until I see uh the two to go flag like i barely ever even look at the timer because you go by and you're trying to look at the timer i don't know it's just a pain in the ass like it's just nice to know how many laps without really guessing like i never really know i just i just go like all right well i don't even i was like how many minutes do we run on half miles and mike i don't even remember it's it changes the time on certain tracks and it is hard to keep up with actually um so anyway yeah um, one more for me, and I know Rob's got one. Sunday afternoon in Michigan, who puts down more beer, Mark Chezza or Scott Parker? Oh man, oh, oh, that's shit. the hardest question ever. Like they tie, <laughs> <laughs> they both drink until they fall asleep. Oh, perfect! God, that's my kind of party. <laughs> Mark becomes a different, uh, like his face just changes. Like I can just look at Mark and be like, "All right, oh, yeah." yeah. He's- He's had about a case of beer right now. Like, <laughs> Scotty they, gets pretty loud. Scott, Scott's the same, though. Like, you can definitely tell when he's he's getting drunk, you know. But um, they're they're both fun. Like, they're they're a good party, right? <laughs> they're both loud so, and. <laughs> so they're happy drunks. They're not like let's get drunk and fight people drunks. Oh no, no. They don't get drunk and fight people. They get drunk and they're like funny for a bit and then they pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. I, oh shit. All right. So my, my final one, and I ask you all the time anyway, but I, we're going to put it on the record here, Nicole. Like it's, I'm writing it down on my calendar. <laughs> August 20th. What do we have to do besides get you a bike to run sack? Could you imagine, and I'm only saying this, but one comeback, one race, one goal. Whoa, are you going to let me practice? 
<laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I, you're not going to grit it up and practice. take the back of the field. No, no. You're, yeah, <laughs> you can practice anywhere. We'll, we'll get you some seat time. I mean, because you're in good shape. You can do the time. I know. You got the yeah. speed still. Do you do you still have like? Could you bring back out the aggression that, or the 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 race mentality? Or are you too far? Don't get take this the wrong way because it's a good thing. But or are you too far <laughs> into mommy mode? Could you um, come? You know what? Now that she's older and like a little more independent, and Corey probably feels this way too, or maybe not. Um, I feel like it's easier, right? Like she thinks it's cool. Like she asks us all the time, "Mom, are you gonna race with Dad this weekend? Because I can just hang out with Carly Cop." Um, so, you know, like, I feel like it would be a lot easier of a transition when she was a baby. I'm like, oh gosh, I can't go out there and race. Like, what if something happened to me or what if something happened to both of us, you know, and we got this little tiny baby. So, um, I don't know. I feel like it would be easier for me now to like suit up and go out there and do my thing and, and be okay with it. Okay, so I'm going to start working on this. I'm telling you right now. All the team owners listening right now, they're they're uh, a lot of them. Just light bulbs are going off. Jerry Stinsfield is salivating right now. Jerry is <laughs> drooling on his phone. <laughs> LJ takes away. Is, LJ takes away dude. one of my bikes. Uh, we're gonna give this one to Nicole. Well, that's my A bike. Yeah, it don't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, no, everybody. So no, it's it's uh, yeah. So we got to get letters, get- but that's okay. Kelsey is on board. I'm sure. I'll call Kelsey. Um, so Jared's got a spare bike. I'll, I'll call Kenny. That's not even a, a worrisome there. <laughs> Who, do you, were you an awry person or now with Jared, are you going to be Bell or what do we got to do here? Cause we got to make some calls. Uh, I probably will have to stick with Bell. That's good. No, I love, love that. It. So yeah, yeah we love is, that. Yeah. Dude, the podcast got Nicole where she's in, dude, she's in, there's no question. Like right, I'll, well. I'll bring Danielle and Danielle can watch, watch Hayden too with, with Paisley and they can just ruin the pits. I'll pay for your sign up. <laughs> I'll pay. For oh, I'll buy up. the tires. I'm I got sorry. the tires covered, tires and fuels covered. So, so yeah, we do. A, a few years ago, it might not have even, it might've been two years ago. I can't remember, but um, we were somewhere at a wedding. I can't remember whose wedding we were at now, but. Gary came up to me and he's like, would you consider racing? And I was like, yeah, maybe. I was like, um, he goes, well, what would it take? And he's like, ah, shoot, I'm going to have to deal with your husband and he's going to want way too much money for this. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Jared's out of the picture. Jared, Jared's me out of the bike. Me has... and Rob, we're your managers for this. Like, yep, we're, yep. We're, we're, <laughs> okay. We're yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry, Jared. <laughs> You're going to have to babysit Hayden. <laughs> You're going to have to watch your own kid for a little bit. <laughs> I love it. Dude, see, look how- she, can't, she can't watch Hayden. <laughs> the the pod is just making things happen, man, of all time. but It's going to happen. Yeah, Sacramento, yeah. it's on. That August would be you have You have so much time to but, practice and train, too. I know. Yep. Oh, yeah, I could, like, stay, stay the day after the Springfield my own practice because it's legal then, right? No, after, no. After the event no. happened? No, Springfield's after SAC. Oh, yeah, it is. You're right. Sorry. So, my day's up. Black Hills, you could practice. Um, the Red oh, Mile. Like there you go. Black Red Hills. Mile. No, the Red oh, yeah. Mile. There's a practice day, isn't there? No. Yeah, I think there is. Boom. Done. 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 It's, All right. I mean, there's <laughs> well, 
<laughs> we'll just make contract. up our own schedule. <laughs> let's uh, yeah. let's put that plan in the motion. We'll uh, we'll, we'll t- I'm sure Jared's gonna be calling us as soon as he hears this. But uh, oh my god, he's probably already yeah. texting me if he's around. He's <laughs> he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on the show, Nicole. We won't keep you any longer. Uh, thanks for taking the time. A lot of fans have asked to get you on, and, man, it's, uh, it's a privilege. It's an honor to have you share some insight as the racer and the promoter and everything you're doing. Looking forward to seeing what you and Jared do in the future. Uh, me and Jared, half the time we hate each other, half the time we're, we're best friends, but I had a lot of respect. We have for a love-hate relationship. <laughs> big time, big time. No, I, I honestly, Jared, Jared's an awesome guy, and we just are very similar personalities, and sometimes we want to we wanna hate, we wanna hate on each other, but a lot of respect for everything you guys do for the sport and uh, just everything you guys are going to do in the future. Uh, you know, we definitely support it, and uh, yeah, thanks again for taking time. Hey, real quick, where are those pink wheels from the Indian? Are they still pink or they get repainted? No, they're still pink. Um, I don't know if Kenny has them or Gary. One of those. Okay, no, because those we got to have the, the it's got to have the pink. That's like my that's my only thing. Oh, well, they probably have the, have the whole they probably have the whole pink getup. Perfect. You all know, right, just making sure. Pink and feet and all that jazz. <laughs> I am making it official, like right now. So don't even get on the internet the rest of the day today. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll let right, you go nicole good. it's been so much fun thanks yeah nicole. thanks guys for having me yep. yep see you later bye Corey. we did it we started something awesome yeah it's man, gonna be amazing I, the, dude every time we get something going and it's like we just knock it out of the ballpark and i'm not trying to sound cocky but dude that would be epic i mean everybody loves Shayna, but like you know, nicole coming back for one race that's gonna be just I mean, Insane. realistically, I don't know what the betting odds of that happening are, but fifty-fifty is what I'm calling it right did? now. Can you imagine if Dude, it did? she didn't say no? She did not say no. Well, she Gary Gray listens like, to our Gary Gray listens to our show, and um, how cool would it be? To I don't have, know if he hates me or not, though. I'm gonna. You think Gary? If you're listening, man, I hope you don't. I think he probably he don't ever shake my hand or say hi. Maybe he just doesn't know who I am. But anyway, Gary, if you're listening, man, like let's make this happen. Can you imagine? the freaking publicity of having two women racing on Indians at SAC. Like, wow. Yep. And Nicole, she's got to run the pink for sure with the, the she needs to have these gold numbers with a pink outline though. So if uh, pro plates is listening or whoever does Mises plates, like make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. No, like, let's, I'm, let's work I'm excited that. to yeah. think about it. Um, Man, let's wrap this up. This is a good one. I would just want to do a quick shout out to the sponsors, Mission Foods, Bell Power Sports, Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, Indian Motorcycle, Moto America, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, Jerry Stinchfield, Roost Systems of Dallas, Texas. Appreciate all the sponsors that make this show happen. Again, thanks to everybody for tuning in and listening. Um, subscribe if you, can, if you can do that. That'd be rad. SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Robbie Bobby, thanks for taking the time. Um, mark your calendars, guys. I got my escape the berg flat track race it's october 22nd it's quite a quite a few months away but we're gearing up for it lawrenceburg speedway um robbie do you know when greenville is let's give greenville a plug too it's got to be coming oh dude it's the same weekend as lima man same weekend as lima always greenville we're uh got a uh, it's always man i i know i don't do enough to promote this event but it's kind of one of those ones that's just been around for so long now i think this is our 10th or 11th year which is kind of insane to think about it but uh but man, like, there's just nothing cooler than watching like a full field of 85s just battling off into turn one, or, or, you know, we always have like 
4450 amateur guys show up so it's like it's like a damn grand national main just to make the amateur classes there kind of like throwdown man so um yeah it's the uh the friday and sunday sandwiching lima um the great dark county fair man and if uh one day pushing i'd like to cushion. bring that back to a national oh yeah pushing, pushing the, the cushion. cushion check out yeah, the event page I'm... do you have an oh, event page have yet or no not oh, yet man on, it's bro. always it's I know, man. I need I need a Corey Texter or a Nicole Mees to keep me like promotion wise, man. I'm just doing forty thousand different things. That's what I'm doing. Uh, well, you can check out the Escape the Berg race page. We have that going. Lawrenceburg Speedway. Uh, a lot of history at that racetrack. Andrew Butler's helping me prep it and put this event together. It's the weekend after the season finale AFT race at Volusia. We're gonna have a, a pretty good purse and a lot of really cool stuff going on with that event. Um, also sponsored by Mission Food. So. Again, guys, appreciate you, everybody tuning in, taking the time. Um, shout out to all of our supporters and everybody listening. A lot of love. We out.